Hello there and thanks for joining us on the Joy News Channel. This is The Pulse. This afternoon, a woman stripped in abuse in the northeast region reveals five other girls were taken through similar ordeal by the suspects who have since been arrested. We are live in the community where she's assisting the Ghana Police Service with investigations. We're also paying attention attention to the uh, minority in parliament which is describing uh, the anthrax disease as an epidemic in waiting as they lament the lack of resources to fight the disease which has killed at least one person already when it gets to the animal to human transmission and a lot of human beings get it and we start transferring it from one person to the other then we, we, we are in very very bad business it's, it's a very serious situation and we shouldn't let it get to that. When it gets to the animal to human transmission. So what's the Ghana uh, Health Service doing about this? Uh, we'll speak to the authority shortly uh, on the threat of a possible spread here in the country. It's all coming up on the polls and we're asking that controversial question as well. Interesting one. Why are many Ghanaians consuming dog meat? Food inflation contributes... The weight of food inflation is 43.7% to the overall rate of inflation. So we look at the trends in the levels of rate of inflation and the shares in, and the share of food inflation to the overall inflation. The Ghana says conservatives this afternoon indicating a sharp or a, a marginal uh, increase in the um, inflation figures, but the indications are that demand for dog meat, palm wine, ice cream, and many more are in high demand. And that's the case in Ghana, pushing inflation figures up. So why is this happening? We'll find out shortly here on The Pulse. Please be my guest. The Pulse is always sponsored and brought to you by Lua Communities Digni, Lua Affordable Safe Sanitation. We're on DSTV Channel 421. This is The Pulse with me, Blessed Sugan. We're back with details shortly. So let's say public health concern. How safe are you in terms of the food that you consume? Uh, it is a simple question, but the answer is so difficult to answer, especially uh, with the uh, outbreak of anthrax here in Ghana. Officials uh, continue to manage the situation, but the minority in parliament is indicating that uh, they will need resources to fight the outbreak, uh, which is significantly uh, very low now and may not be um, enough to effectively prevent the spread. One person has already been confirmed dead after consuming uh, some anthrax-infested cow meat. So let's start from Parliament, where the minority there has been raising concerns about the management of the latest outbreak of anthrax. Minority MP for Nabdam, who is also a member of Parliament on the Health Committee, Dr. Mark Ketwani, wants uh, the issue to be addressed. Uh, this outbreak is about the whole region. It is about where uh, the meat supply of this country. Um, I'll say that about 40 to 50 percent of uh, the supply of uh, animals to the slaughtering houses in Accra, Kumasi, etc., are coming from that end. And so we should not take it for granted. If in the north, 
Yes, the animals are dying. When it, 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 we don't take time and we get these animals to the southern sector, when, when they come in, they are, they are just slaughtered and eaten. It means that we will have a lot of human cases when it gets to the southern sector. What is happening is that uh, even though the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Food and Agriculture through the, their veterinary services and uh, the local government ministry have come in and they've put in some measures, it appears that they are not putting in enough resources to, to, to curtail this outbreak. You know, to curtail the outbreak, we need to vaccinate the animals. We need to uh, fumigate their, their stalls, their pens, or whatever these animals are living. We need to do it. We need to prevent the movement of animals from one end to the other. All these measures have to be, to, to be done, and it requires resources. As I am speaking now, um, in the Tennessee uh, uh, district, the district assembly itself has spent about 16,000 Ghana cities to purchase 8,000 uh, doses of the vaccine to vaccinate the animals. But what do we see? The, 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 this is not enough. We know the common fund is not coming. I have to say that we don't have to take this thing for granted. When it gets to the animal to human transmission, and a lot of human beings get it, and we start transferring it from one person to the other, then we, we, we are in very, very bad business. It's, it's a very serious situation, and we shouldn't let it get to that stage. The lawmaker himself, uh, who's a medical doctor, has an advice for his kinsmen, asking them to stop setting cultural practices which spread the disease faster. I also take this opportunity to advise my brothers and sisters from Upper East. Uh, the funeral season have just ended. And I'm sure this is why about uh, three people have died from this anthrax. During our funerals, we, uh, we, we usually, as part of our custom, we kill animals uh, to see our beloved ones out or buried. And after killing these animals, uh, we don't eat it immediately. We leave it to be lying outside. We leave it, sometimes it is hanged on a tree. Um, to be shared among families. Sometimes it can take eight hours. Sometimes it can even take up to 24 hours before this meat is shared. And I believe that this practice should be stopped. We should first and foremost try to kill the animals under hygienic uh, conditions. Secondly, we should share it immediately after killing them. And it should be in, under very, very hygienic conditions that we should carry out this activity. Yes, it is our custom. Uh, we, we do it every day, depending upon um, the status of the man in society. You could get even up to 10 or even 15 animals uh, killed. Cows, sheep, goats, etc. killed. But we should make sure that when we do that, we should immediately um, share it and eat it, or boil and eat it. And this 
the practice where some people uh, eat raw meat should stop considering the impending epidemic that we have it should stop well, so that's the concern coming through from Parliament. Uh, what's been done to contain uh, those very reports that we're hearing of? Let's speak to Dr. Benjamin Kisisasu, who's the uh, Deputy Head, National Food Safety uh, Lab of uh, the Veterinary Services. Thank you so much, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, first, um, there's a need for us to get some updates on even the reported cases of anthrax uh, here in the country. Uh, what, what, how are we faring, first of all, as a nation in terms of the case count? Great. So, currently, Ghana, we only have one region um, having this issue of anthrax, which is the Upper East. Just that from the district that started from Binduri, we have had additional districts in addition. That is about 10 more uh, districts joining, but all in the Upper East. It was expected because looking at the practice in terms of um, our animal production system, they go for grazing. So they may move from one community to the other. That's why our first release questioned or called for ban or movement of animals within those affected areas. And we are happy to say that so far, so good. Um, the outbreak is only in Upper East, and we are hoping it still stays there. Uh, we have had this type of animals be involved, cattle, goat, sheep, and pig. The highest um, among all has been that of sheep being 49 out of 90 animals be affected, followed by cattle, 34. Then we have a goat, 5, a out of pig, 2, making a total of 90 so far. And all the districts, uh, as we all know, have been the um, district found in Upper East. Bindu, which uh, started, had just the number of higher cases, and it was just from the first initial cases it has gotten. It has not had repeated cases. Uh, what has been done is the vaccination. And as at yesterday, 13 June, we have um, 21,263 animals vaccinated against anthrax. The good news is that Petnice Service for many years have had a vaccine production unit. And one is at Pontamale, which is a central veterinary lab, and they already have stock of them. Um, they weren't free, people were paying for them. So when it came to this issue, um, as you know, people had to. Assemblies are to look for money to do so, and the ministry also considered how to get them for us for free. If we go to the state of uh, importing, that would be a big issue. But we have the capacity, and we are producing a lot of these vaccines. We have a lot of vaccines in stock. And out of the 21,263 animals vaccinated, we have 6,987 cattle vaccinated against anthrax, goats, 7,304 sheep, 6,471. A rapid 501. And uh, so far, more vaccination is going on. And as we speak, it's going on. Um, a strong team of delegation have left Kretaka as that um, Monday to visit the place to interact and make sure we, we contain the issue in Upper East and not get more districts joining in. And we have had suspect cases other regions which we have checked and it wasn't so. We still want to advise the public that. Right. As they are doing, they should let us know about any suspect mm. cases when animals die or get sick. They well, should but, but, us. but the general public you're talking about would definitely uh, need to know the extent of infection and even generally speaking, how um, damaging this virus can be. What, what, what's what's the 
mode, first of all, of transfer, and what could be the possible effect on any individual who contracts the disease? Okay, so anthrax is a bacteria. There's a special bacteria, we call it Bacillus anthracis. It tries to survive in the environment by forming a spore. A spore, we want to mean that it forms protective coat all over and can stay in the soil for decades. Um, Averagely, the virus said 60 years, they could stay in the soil. And for for humans, for us to get it, unless we are taking it in through the food, being milk, being the meat itself, or we have um, breathing uh, tree inhalation with the spore, then we could uh, get this. But most common cases uh, so far, per research or per case that have happened has been through the injection, and that of the human kid that we had was through injection in Ghana. Uh, so sad that we are in June, and every 7th June is set aside for World Food Safety Day, and the month of this month, which uh, veterinary service was using to pay, uh, used to advise the public, we have had this case coming out. It's so fortunate, but it's also come to underscore the need to uh, inform the public about the need of food safety okay. in regards to animal food products. And when it comes to anthrax, we want to let people know that uh, you need to get your animal food product for approved sources. It may come from a slaughter facility and your milk. And those are things that we need. Okay. For animals to animal transmission occurs very fast. And for farmers or people who keep animals, we want to tell you that the animals that we have one day or in the morning get up, you see starting death. Uh, become bloated and we have bleeding coming from the natural offices, especially the nose. And all this, when you have you are not supposed to mm. open the carcass, quickly call the nearest veterinary office to come to take charge of the uh, uh, carcass. Remember, when you then open this carcass, the environment gets uh, contaminated. And as we said, the spore is able to live 60 years in the soil. If you decide to bury it yourself, you may not need in a proper way as the veterinary service together with animal. Um, uh, together with the environmental health people would do. We'll, we'll talk about the opportunities available shortly. Uh, there's a question about uh, resources, which is that some minority members of parliament raising concerns, for instance, about how you're not sufficiently um, equipped, um, retooled, or perhaps giving enough budgetary support to fight this. How urgent will that, will that need be? Great. Um, just yeah, yeah, yesterday, the minister launched the Enhanced plan, uh, plan for Food Jobs. You know, rather got a new minister, with Honorable Bryant. He was communicated about the issues and our... Already before the outbreak, he had taken um, how do you call it, update or he had taken stock of our assets and what we need to do in terms of uh, staff strength and equipment and restock, restocking the lab. All these things were on before these occurrence came. So quickly, um, he is currently attending to the issues of resources to co- uh, contain this issue. And as I said, a great, a strong leadership have left Accra to uh, help. Though initially, certain items or logistics have been sent, they have gone to look at it. Okay. And there have been also committee at national level to look at educational materials and how to inform the public and also prevent such uh, occurrences. Have you been able to track this, the source of this virus? Um, currently, they have had some studies. Um, we, um, they is pointing to, you know, they feed ruminants, um, they go for grazing, they feed um, from the ground, that's the grasses. And all the spores normally are kept in the soil. Let us not forget, the northern part of the country 
have already from time to time been having one or two cases of anthrax. Just that this year, unfortunately, there has been human involvement. That's why much attention is being coming towards that. But the truth is that we have had one or two cases year on, year on. So it has, the sports have already been in those localities. But sometimes the locality people do not report. So they stick to their own bearing of these carcasses. But the sports have already been in those localities. But sometimes the locality people do not report. So they stick to their own bearing of these carcasses. We are able to cut down our to um, these animals and these have occurred. And that's why we feel after all these things, we need to throw more light in about the need for people to contact the night service when it comes to the are that we should continue to the reporting of suspected cases and which the public are doing very well to the nearest veterinary offices and it's a good thing they are doing. They should also report suspicion of seeing people um, trying to sell or trying to use dead animals for food or to sell them. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. Even normal times, they are not supposed to uh, eat a, a dead animal. No, it should be a slaughtered animal going through all the uh, veterinary inspection and go through all the processes. Okay. So we like to tell the public to uh, heed to this call mm. and help us to do the work well. Grateful. Dr. Kisisasu, thanks for spending some time with us. Keep up the fight. Uh, we stay on uh, food safety. The Food and Drugs Authority is encouraging food consumers to patronize food outlets that have been accredited or certified by the authority. The Director for Food Safety and Consumer Education at the FDA, Faustina uh, Atopra, says uh, the move is to help consumers avoid contaminated food on the market. She has been speaking at a national food safety lab forum organized here in Accra. National Food Safety Laboratory organized an open forum and a panel discussion under the theme Food Standards Save Lives. As part of this year's World Food Safety Month celebrations, the discussion focused on the role of stakeholders in regulating food standards across Ghana's food value chain. Director for Food Safety and Consumer Education at the FDA, Faustien Atopra, urged Guineans to prioritize food establishments with FDA accreditation to ensure their safety and the quality of food they consume. We also do inspections of food service establishments. This includes restaurants, canteens, chop bars, and the likes. And we inspect them to ensure that they comply with the good uh, uh, hygienic practices. And then when they comply with the codes of good hygienic practices, we issue them with the food hygiene permits. So you... When you enter any restaurant, the first thing you should look out for is the FDA's food hygiene permit. And in our letter, when we approve your facility, we indicated that you should put it at a very bold area so that consumers can see it and be assured that, hey, this restaurant that I'm eating, uh, I'm assured that their practices have been well monitored and then they are in line or they have complied with the codes of hygienic practices. So please check the food hygiene permit is supposed to be at the more likely the the reception or the more prominent place and you see the hygiene once you see the hygiene permits you know that vet technologist claude otu strongly advised consumers to ensure that they purchase meat exclusively from authorized butchers in order to avoid the consumption of contaminated meat Yes, like I said, it's continuing education. Uh, the public has to know uh, their rights and responsibilities. So whatever you want to buy in terms of meat poultry, you have the right to ask the, the, whoever is selling 
where it's coming from where is the evidence that it's coming from this approved place and one of the things that you can sh- they can show as evidence especially for the butchers like i said in in the statement that there has to be a stamp when we, we inspect any carcass and it's passed we stamp it as passed otherwise then you need to they have to show evidence of their slaughter permit showing that this animal was slaughtered at an approved place duly passed for human consumption the public should be aware they should know that they have the right to ask where the 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 what they are eating is coming from and evidence to show it is coming from uh, an approved place a representative from the ministry of food and agriculture patrick Besset, strongly emphasized the need for farmers to refrain from using pesticides during the harvest period when it comes to uh, crop production to ensure having safe foods especially for uh, for those growing foods in the urban areas or doing the vegetables. The source of water they are using is very important. They have to make sure the water they are using is not contaminated with fecal matter that can, uh, when they use it, can give a problem to the humans. So use of quality water is very important. Another thing that they have to also consider is the pesticide use. Depending on the type of uh, the stage of the crop and the pesticides they use, and when the crop is very uh, close to harvesting, they should try as much as possible to avoid use of pesticides because when it is, they don't observe the pre-harvest interval, the number of days that it has to take for the chemical to break down before they harvest. And they harvest immediately after spraying or just a few days after spraying and sending to the market for consumption. They are killing the society. This year marks the fifth edition of the World Food Safety Day, a day that has been set aside to draw attention to foodborne risk and emphasize on food security. Esther Nkrumah's report, right to you. And back here in Accra, the uh, country is for the very first time implementing the closed season at the same time with its neighboring country, Cote d'Ivoire, to help build the country's depleting fish stocks. Three other countries, Togo, Benin, and Liberia, are expected to join uh, Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire to implement the next closed season. That's according to the Fisheries and Aquaculture Minister. Uh, who has been addressing the press today. The scientific working groups have recommended that the close season should be implemented between the months of July and September, which coincides with the spawning period of the fish stocks. This ensures that the fish spawns at least once in its lifetime before caught by the fishes. Thus, in the past two years, the close season has been implemented between July and August. Friends of the media, the close fishing season has always been implemented through strong stakeholders' engagement with leaders of fisheries associations, fishers, academia, and CSOs. This year, we met the leadership of all the fisheries associations, academia, and CSOs on the 13th of April, 2023, at the Closac Hall to discuss the outcome of the 2022 close season. After thorough and frank discussions of the reports and how to better implement future closed seasons, 
2023 close season was announced as follows. Canoe and inshore fishers will observe the close season from the 1st of July to 31st of July 2023. Industrial trawlers will also observe the close season from 1st July to 31st of August 2023. Let me also put on record that the tuna fleet also observe their close season three months in every year. To mitigate the impact of the closed fishing season on fishers and processors, the ministry during the 2022 closed season distributed 20,000 bags of rice and 8,333 cartons of oil to support fishers and the fish processes during the closure. As a way of reducing pressure on the fisheries resources, the ministry and its partners, including the Ghana Fisheries Recovery Activity, has launched the Alternative Livelihood Training Support for Fishers, starting with 550 fishers in masonry, carpentry, dressmaking, hairdressing, electronics, and auto engineering, etc. In selected communities along the coast, this training will be scaled up to over 8,000 fishers, and after the training, trainers will be supported to set up to ensure that they can earn incomes from their trade. Furthermore, it was agreed again at our 13th April 2023 meeting that gains from implementing the closed season will be eroded if we all do not collectively combat IUU fishing activities. The ministry will therefore continue to empower the fisheries enforcement units to curb any illegal activities. Some of the new measures that the ministry has put in place to combat illegal fishing are as follows. Indications from the fisheries ministry, but uh, how will that impact the sector? Uh, let's bring in some of our guests who are helping us uh, with the conversation today. Emmanuel uh, Kwame Dovlos, Director of uh, Fisheries Research at the Fisheries uh, Commission, uh, joining us uh, via Zoom. Thank you for your time here uh, on the pulse. Uh, and I'm just uh, first of all going to pick up on the issue about alternative uh, livelihood for persons who have set out to be fishermen. I mean, it's as though we're asking them not to fish at all. Is that the case? No, not really. Not really. But uh, we are looking at the fishers being able, within the close season, to do some work. Yeah, that can earn them some income for that period of time. Yeah. Uh, now we're, for the very first time, doing this uh, with our neighboring countries. So what's, what's the scientific benefit of having, for instance, uh, the, the West African coast? i.e. Togo, Benin, um, of course, having the likes of um, Côte d'Ivoire join this uh, joint close season. Is it the case that it will have a significant impact or perhaps there's some more of a uh, political angle to what's happening now? Yeah, actually, when we take the small pelagics, yeah, we call them migratory 
or straddling stock. So we find them in these four countries. We talk about Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana here, Togo, and to some extent Benin. So if we can close the season with our neighboring countries, then we are looking at protecting the entire fish stock. Yeah, so basically that is what we are doing. And if you look at the stock, Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire hold over 90%. Yeah, so Cote d'Ivoire coming on board is a very significant achievement for Cote d'Ivoire to get on board with this closism. How, how are you involving? Yes, secondly, yes, if you may. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Secondly, when closism is implemented in Ghana, we realize that the canoes they move to the neighboring countries to fish. So now that Cote d'Ivoire is joining, then we, uh, they won't be able to go and fish there. And we are looking at protecting the gravid fish for the entire stock. And that will increase the yield of the stock. Thank you. I was just about pointing to the fisherfolk uh, and how you're involving them in all of this process because they are a critical stakeholder in ensuring that the reasons for which you set out this close season will be achieved. Uh, have you engaged them already? Have you taken note um, of, of some of the concerns they have? Yeah, we do engage the fishers all the time. Yeah, at the moment, the ministry and the commission, we are implementing fisheries co-management policy. And within the co-management, there are structures where all stakeholders in the fishing industry are involved. We have what we call science and technical committee. And in that group, we have the academia the University of Cape Coast is represented. University of Ghana is represented. We have the National uh, Fishery Association of Ghana, the NAFAC. We have the Inshore. We have the Artisanal. We have the Trollers. We have the Tuna. They are all part of that committee who we'll sit down and look at the scientific data and we analyze it together for them to bring in their traditional knowledge, which is very, very important. And then we have the Fisheries Management Operational Committee that basically looks at how the fisheries management plan can be implemented. Over there, too, we have all the stakeholders involved, particularly the fishers, even including the fish processors, because they all hold very important information. And then we are now looking at forming what is called Small Pelagic Fisheries Co-Management Committee, which will be at the various landing sites. That will also involve the fishers. So, in effect... We've also conducted stakeholder engagement. We met at Closer Call in Accra here on the 13th of April, where the results of the 22 close season was presented to them. They were happy, and they agreed to the close season. Yeah, so basically, there are so many avenues and ways that we've always engaged them. And the position of the ministry and the commission is co-management. We've moved away from the days where we do top-down approach. Now we take the stakeholders, particular fishermen, their views and their ideas, everything into what we are doing. Okay, that, that, that's good to know. Uh, but then you're still being criticized by some stakeholders, in fact, uh, including some political figures as well, uh, accusing you of being fixated on the small-scale fisherfolk. Uh, petroling appears to be the biggest challenge of the industry, uh, and you're criticized that you're not able to take um, these um, institutions, these vessels, 
um, strictly to what, what the law demands. Why not focus on that sector and, and leave out the closed season for um, the small-scale fisher folk? Yeah, for my records and for your information, at the moment, there is no petroling ongoing. But I believe you are talking about the industrial trolleys. Yeah, and currently, since last year, what we've done is to bring what is called Ministerial Directive on Troll Gear, where we have tried to streamline and regulate the size of the net that they are using to fish. And as at last November, we only give license to those vessels that have adjusted their net or modified their net so that they can fish responsibly. So at the moment, only few of them are operational. And we expect that as the rest are able to meet the requirements concerning modification of their trawl net, we will grant those ones yeah, to but, license. But so but it's not just about the net. There are concerns about some more practices still in the sector. Um, for instance, night fishing, light fishing, I, I should say. And some of these practices that still go on. My concern is about being hard on these relatively larger vessels. And because they are foreigners, it appears we are not able to take them on. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, light fishing. The commission has a division called Monitoring, Control, and Surveillance Unit, which monitors and enforces the regulation. Aside that, we have what is called Fisheries Enforcement Unit, made up of the same Monitoring, Control, and Surveillance Division, together with the Ghana Navy, together with the Marine Police, together with the Attorney General's Department. And they are always on the ground. Whenever we pick intelligence, we make sure that the Navy, the police, together with our protection officers, the MCS, they move to that particular place and they make sure that the corporates are done with. So we have a firm hold on this thing, on the illegalities that are going on. Okay, anyway, uh, let's talk about the science and what this science is and data uh, is telling you about the effects of the closed season. This is not obviously the first time you're running this. Uh, you've done this in the past and I'm not running a number of years. Um, what do you have to say about the impact, tangible ones, that the fisher folk are able to easily point out to, um, to say, well, this is a good approach? Yeah. When we look at the close season, yes, we've done some scientific assessment of the work, and we presented this even today. We did it at the Ministry of Information. If you look at the information, basically, they are in two parts. We have the socioeconomic aspect, and we have the pure scientific aspect. That's the biological studies. So when you look at the socioeconomic aspect, basically, we look at the well-being of the fishing community. As a household, and we've realized that after close season, the community seems to be better off with respect to their food income as well as issues, I mean, like balanced diet. Yes, so the only aspect now is trying to increase the alternative livelihood approach and making sure that more of them are able to engage in this line. How, and about, then when the, how about the catch afterwards? Yeah, the catch afterwards are usually high. And we presented this this morning, yes. 
Mm, I see. Uh, human rights has also come up uh, on top of uh, some of the concerns within the uh, sector. The issue about, first of all, involving um, minors when it comes to fishing. Are you paying attention to some of these issues as well? Yes. Our monitoring, controllers, and surveillance division, yes, they handle all these issues. All issues that has to do with illegality on vessels, all these issues are handled. Hmm. Uh, we're looking forward to the timelines that you'd be putting out um, for, for this year's season. Uh, what, what's the timeline looking like, and are you varying that for um, the category, the various categories of vessels that you're dealing with? Yeah. The, the timelines are for the artisanal and inshore, that is the canoes and the small boats, the wooden boats. They are going to observe the close season from the 1st of July to 31st of July. And then the trawlers, the industrial trawlers, they are going to observe it from the 1st of July to 31st of August. Uh, so j let's take that date again. So this is for this is supposed to be for for 2023. Okay. So for 2023, mm -hmm. we are looking at the the artisanal and the inshore fleet mm -hmm. observing their close season from the first of July okay. to 31st of July, and for the industrial trawlers mm -hmm. to observe their close season from the first of July to the 31st of August. So is that, is that to suggest right? So so is that to suggest that after the thirty first of July, uh, you would allow the, if I could refer to them as a small scale um, fisher folk to go on and carry out their activities, while, yes. while you still maintain yeah. the ban on the bigger vessels. Yes, after thirty first July, the smaller vessels, the canoes they will start operating. Their close season is just one month. Yes. Mm. Anyway. The, 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 the reason why we extend it for the, for the industrial trawler is that basically we are looking at three months period from July, August, and September. This is the period that the fish breeds. Yeah. And this is the beginning. So we started with one month for the artisanal. And for the trawlers, the industrial trawlers, they have been observing two months since 2016. So basically, this is the position of the ministry and the commission now concerning the closure. If there's a message for the fisher folk, those who still cannot see the benefit of why you're carrying out this closed season, what message will that be? Okay, then let me uh, clearly move into the second part of yes. the explanation mm -hmm. on the benefits of the, of the close season. So we did biological survey where we bought fish from four stations, Keta, Tema, Elmina, and Sekendi. And we picked data from it. We measure the length of the fish. We measure the weight of the fish. We take the weight of the gonads. When I talk about gonads, I'm talking about the weight of the eggs and the sperm. And when we did analysis, we realized that before the close season, what we saw was that there's a term we call gonadosomatic index. It's, it's a term that refers to the readiness of the fish to spawn. So we realized that before the close season, if you take April, May, June, those values are high. And then from August, 
September, October, going well, that values go high, meaning that these are the period, including July, that we need to protect them so that they can at least give forth to at least an offspring before fishermen can capture them. Yeah, basically, when we talk about close season, the, the, the point here is that the fish should be able to spawn before it's captured so that we will leave, it, it, it needs to leave a generation behind. Let, let me put it that way. Oh. So we have engaged them and we've shown them all these results and they are very happy. And there are instances that we've met some of the fishermen who have praised what we have done. Formerly, we used to have very good sizes of sardinella in the period December, January, which is a minor upwelling. For some time, we were not seeing it until we started implementing the close season. And the fishermen can attest to it the sizes of round sardinella that they are capturing during this minor upwelling season that is usually December ending and then January. So the fishermen are seeing these benefits. And in the social economic survey that we did, we realized that majority of them support the pol- policy and they think that it will help improve the fisheries. Okay, we wish you all the best. Uh, we'll wait to see what the outcome will be. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank for spending you. some time with us yeah. uh, this afternoon as well. The Association of Bulk Fisher uh, Importers, uh, they are threatening to hit the streets should government fail to address their concerns, which they say is gradually killing their businesses. According to the fish importers, the, there's about some 75% um, issues in terms of importers that are folded up due to uh, huge losses incurred since the beginning of this year. Joining Systema correspondent Elvis Washington has the rest of the story. The Bulk Fish Importers Association, which was formed with a membership of about 40 companies from inception, is now left with only 15 companies operating within the industry, with 25 companies folding up. Reason being the high cost of imports levy and high duty at the port coupled with other unfriendly charges that has crippled the fish industry. They complained to join news that in recent times, fish importers in the country have had to compete unfairly with unscrupulous persons who have flooded the market with the influx of smuggled frozen fish and meat from neighboring countries like Burkina Faso, La Côte d'Ivoire and Togo among others. The spokesperson for the association, Alfred Fugairi Kuleru, noted that the situation, if not checked, will soon render all bulk fish importers jobless as they would have no choice than to shut down their cold stores and lay off workers. So because of the low charges of uh, in Africa's, which is about 21%, most of now the people dump the fish there and they come through the borders. Yes, because now most of most people now will send their vessels to Côte d'Ivoire. Then from Côte d'Ivoire, people will now bring them into the country, not even only in the country, not even only in Tema, which is affecting that, but now spread across the country. So when we are pushed to the corner, we have different steps we need to take if it comes to that area. And when the right time comes, we will definitely let that be known, which include demonstration. Some fishmongers and operators of small cold stores at the Tema Fishing Harbour also added their voices to that of the bulk importers and agreed on staging a demonstration to press home their demands.
Things are very costly. We can't buy. Because even in the harbor, in the May Harbor, the duties on the goods that are being, are being imported, they are too much that we cannot even buy the goods. Costs are going down. Everything is costing. So, uh, let's take a salmon of 10 kilos that we used to sell 1 million, 1 point, uh, 110 cities and 120 cities before. It's not 320 cities. And if the customers come, they cannot buy because the thing is too costly. So we are pleading with the government to reduce it. If not, we will go hungry. And if we go hungry, there will be more, more chrono in the country. So you have to tell the government to, to do something about it. Our big men who are in the May Harbor, they will put all their hungry, their everything on the thing. The duties are too much that the people cannot even pay for the duties. So for that, they have to import from uh, uh, Benin, Cote d'Ivoire, Togo, before they, we can be able to, 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 to sell fish here. Samson Asaki Awingobit is the executive secretary for Importers and Exporters Association and he also has this to say. Avocos has also built one of the biggest ports. And so we can no longer say, so we have a competitor. And that competitor cost of doing business is far, far lower than even what we do business here. If I were to be government, I'll reconstitute, we'll rethink again. Meanwhile, the Association of Bulk Fish Importers say several letters written to government corridors have yielded an insignificant we have response. Petition the, our stakeholders, Minister of Fisheries, we have petitioned the Minister of Finance, the President, the Chief of Staff. As of now, we not. If you go to the harbors, the, the, the imports have come down. For Joy News, my name is Elvis Washington reporting from Tema. Well, so that's the concern of the bulk fish importers, uh, but the Fisheries Alliance is calling for a reform and that will, of course, inure to the benefits of Ghanaians as Ghana prepares to run that close season. Joining us now is convener of the Ghana Fisheries Alliance, Platform Kojoche uh, Iyamwa. Thank you, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, Thank you. Uh, it's, it's not an, uh, an entirely pleasant situation to find a country reliant on the importation of fish, for instance. We need to be sufficient, but you're saying there's also a benefit when it comes to importation yes um, the most important thing is that fish is food mm -hmm. and the fish being available is also food security you know um, when you buy your kinky and then your fish is very expensive right. then um, it affects everybody and also fish is one of the cheapest source of protein so we need to make it available 
Uh, most importantly, Ghana has been importing fish for a long time. Now we import more than what we produce locally. The important thing is that in agriculture, they've been able to manage their fishery sustainably. So now they have more fish landed. That means there's more supply of fish than the demand, so the fish price goes down. In Ghana, we are not getting much fish, so the prices of fish have gone up. That is why when people go to Ivory Coast, they can bring in fish even at a cheaper price. So it is very important to understand this economy of fish. But towards close season, it is good for government to look at ensuring that there is adequate fish for the consumer. So that is why these challenges and bottlenecks relative to bringing in fish from other neighboring countries must be looked at, especially during the period of closing, so that the average consumer can have the fish available. Then we must be looking at the medium to long-term effort, including the close season and other fisheries management measures, to bring in more of the fish. That is important, especially for what we are able to land locally. But what you are able to land locally depends on how much fish is there in the sea in terms of your available waters. So I also think that it's a welcome news that our neighboring countries in Ivory Coast are supporting us do close season at the same period. We are hopeful that in Togo, Benin, and others will also support because in previous close season, we have had few fishermen moving out of Ghana and then fishing from those countries. That is uh, not so good because their fellow uh, counterparts or fishers in Ghana will be staying at home. So it's important that we understand this mechanism. The other point is that Yes, we support the close season. is very good. We also encourage government to be looking at fish harvest in terms of the juvenile landings in the artisanal and the inshore sectors. That includes the fact that we must ensure that our fishing mesh size, the nets, are regulated effectively so that the juvenile fishes, include the baby fishes, are not harvested immediately after the close season, so that those that are recruited into the system are able to also grow, and then we can also let them, you know, spawn and then reproduce. So addressing the issue of gear size is very important, the mesh size of the fishing gears. I was asking the question about why we're not staying on bigger vessels, because the concern from industry players is that they are mostly at fault. Because we don't have, have an effective mechanism of checking them. There are mechanisms of checking them, but in most countries there are challenges. The sea is wide and open, and you need a lot of eyes and ears to be able to monitor. And that is why we commend the minister for the bold effort in the ministry for going. It's, it's a commitment which is very important for the electronic monitoring system where we can have videographic, photographic evidence so that you can have more eyes on the sea and to look at the operation of the trawl sector. What is also most important is that the enforcement agency, that's the Fisheries Enforcement Unit, the Marine Police and others, they are very committed. What we need to do is to resource them and support them to be able to do their work. That element is very important so that the deterrence element, which include the, uh, the capacity to see who is doing wrong, mm-hmm. the capacity to arrest, and then prosecute them rightfully within the ambit of the law, uh, would ensure that there is deterrence. That means that it will put people in check, and then they will do the right thing. That element needs to be supported. And then the issue of negative interferences from political, from others, would also come down so that when vessels are arrested, 
nobody goes in to try to negotiate and to try to interfere unduly. Mm. These are important elements to ensure that enforcement of the laws is very important. I really like what the minister said. She gave sat paint the picture in terms of the illegal fishing that is a challenge in terms of the too many fish fishing gears which is a challenge in terms of other uh, issues environmental issues climate change and others we are on course but the most important thing is that we need to also um, add the additional measures and then the enforcement measure that is very important mm. to ensure that the close season gives us the benefits that we need uh, aside the you know concerns about some malpractices within the industry uh, pollution also appears to be a challenge for, for, for those who are fisher folk. They equally have that concern. So it's as though we're just focusing on, for instance, a close heating, having a bigger catch, and not dealing with the peripheral issues. Yes, the environmental factors is important, the climate change, and then plastic pollution. Plastic issues of plastic pollution goes beyond the Ministry of Fisheries. It is a multi-sectorial approach that is needed. You know, the local government and the district assemblies address issues of sanitation. But we have noticed that the volumes of plastic entering the ocean is a major challenge to fisheries because it affects the fish population and even fisher folks are affected because most of them, they launch their nets and then the plastic population is more than the fish. And it even goes beyond government to all of us. How we dispose of our drinking bottles, how we dispose of the plastics that we use. Get gifts to make every dad's day at JCPenney. Now during our Father's Day sales, shop for pop and save an extra 20% off with coupon. Or hit up our weekend doorbusters and grab dad St. John's Bay polos, only $8.99 each. Plus cool games and gadgets starting at $5.99. Let's get dad's day ready. JCPenney. Coupon valid on select items through 618. Exclusions apply. Doorbusters valid 615 through 618 and excluded from coupons. See store or jcp.com for details. And even more consolation rewards in the Ecobank Double Salary Promo Reloaded. Vimwo, this Ecobank salary account sounds interesting. What do you think? Yara. Uh, uh, but maybe next time, Charlie, you know what? I will go shine my shoe. Hey. Yo, myself, I will go check my BB. We going up, never go down. And we stay flat. Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Paritas Lottery Platform. The African Bank. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile! Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by the FDA.
And it's good to have you back here on The Pulse. Inflation for the month of May 2023 is uh, up, hitting 42% from the 41% recorded in April with uh, food and non-alcoholic beverages uh, driving the airport trend this uh, uh, of course, uh, end uh, of the four months downward trend uh, enjoyed term by, by the country uh, since January this year uh, after reaching more than uh, two decades of a high of some 54.1%, uh, which uh, happened last December. Government statistician, Professor Samuel Kobina Ning, uh, has been indicating uh, that uh, the development shows that food is still expensive here in the country. Protection 53.4% and food and non-alcoholic beverages 51.8%. Of all four divisions recorded rates of inflation higher than the national rate of inflation. On a month-on-month basis, keeping in mind that the national month-on-month rate of inflation was 4.8 for the month of May 2023, we again identified five divisions that recorded rates of inflation higher than the national average. This was led by personal care, social protection, and miscellaneous items that recorded the highest divisional month-on-month inflation of 7.0%. We turned away from the levels of inflation and from the 13 divisions point of view, identified the divisions that are contributing the most to the rate of inflation that was recorded for the month of May 2023. Across the 13 divisions, top three items, namely food and non-alcoholic beverages, housing, water, electricity and gas, and transport, almost contributed three quarters to the overall inflation, with food and non-alcoholic beverages contributing more than 50% to the rate of inflation that was recorded in May 2023. Specifically, food food and non-alcoholic beverages contributed 52.4% to the overall inflation recorded in the month of May 2023. This was distantly followed by housing, water, electricity and gas that contributed 13.1% and closely followed by transport contributing 9.2% to the overall inflation that was recorded in the month of May 2023. The division that contributed the lowest to inflation in May 2023 was insurance and financial services that contributed 0.1% to the overall inflation for May 2023. We turn to the food inflation given its dominance in terms of its contribution to the overall inflation. It will be recalled that food inflation contributes, the weight of food inflation is 43.7% to the overall rate of inflation. So we look at the trends in the levels of rate of inflation and the shares in, and the share of food inflation to the overall inflation. Since January 2022, it peaked in, in January 2023 with a rate of inflation of 61.0%. This is more than three times the rate of, infl- the rate of food inflation which was, which was recorded in January 2022. Well, there are some fascinating figures and trends uh, coming up. And, uh, of course, what you need to know is that uh, there's a, a lot of dynamics to all of these that's happening. Isaac Ophiages uh, with our uh, research team has been looking at the figures so far. And the indication is that uh, there are some specific commodities driving this faster. Let's look at some of them. Well, so I'm looking at the top 20 of these items that we are talking about. They are not necessarily the key drivers, but they are also uh, um, you know, items that can help further policy considerations. Mm-hmm. And they are at a national level, so it is a national issue. Yeah. 
So these are items that recorded inflation rates. All of them recorded rates above 70%. So if you look at an item like palm oil, inflation is 100%. Mind you, the headline figure we are talking about is 42.2%. So if you should have a single item also recording inflation rates of 100, it tells you that it is um, actually um, an outlier. There is herring, smoked herrings, which we usually call amani. <laughs> I see. Um, 81.7%. Sanitary yeah. pad, uh, 78.9%. Baby food, uh, 76.8%. Dog meat, yeah. uh, is, uh, 76.5%. Ice The percentage cream. point is quite interesting, though. 76.5%. Exactly. It's, um, it's, it's been in the top uh, 20 items for the past okay. so, so it's fair to say now that Ghanaians prefer dog meat to ice cream oh, oh not necessarily but it, it just tells you that if you compare <laughs> the price of dog meat between this same period that we're talking about may 2023 and may 2022 the price has actually gone okay so it's it's higher, it's the, higher. The, the price is higher it's but higher. consumption consumption it could be mm-hmm. two things it could be a demand pool factor yeah, precisely, why, factor precisely why i'm asking the, the question because if there's demand for it mm-hmm. we know that there's a relationship exactly demand exactly and then supply as well as pricing it, it could also be a so supply challenge could, could, you know? could it be the case that more people are going in for for dog meat, and that's what they're experiencing. Yes, right. yes, if you are looking it at it. It never used to be on... Mm, on it on never. Paper. This is the first time that it is featuring yeah. dog meat and palm wine. And I think even ice cream, this is the first time mm-hmm. these three items are featuring mm-hmm. on the top 20 items uh, that the Ghana Saskatchewan service have been categorizing. Mm-hmm. But just like I said, it yeah. could be a demand situation or a supply situation. I, I so want to go. I want to go. So maybe we have to, more people are buying. Yeah, we have to go into communities or you know <laughs> markets where we can find dog meat and then do a survey and see what is really costing. You, you know a place we could buy one? Well, not really. You know, I'm Adventist, so dog oh. meat is not really my thing. But it's a special yeah. delicacy for some people, and I, you know, it, some people say it's very nice. So. Uh, for it to be 76.8, it should be a worry yeah. to... Um, you don't, and, and let us not f- fall into temptation, I guess. That's <laughs> your prayer right now. <laughs> but, um, okay, so let's look at some of the other items on, on this list. Um, you're talking about sanitary pasta, yeah. ice cream, yeah. there's palm wine. There's palm wine. Palm yeah. wine is the first time palm wine is making yeah. the list. You know, so we have two palms. I guess it's becoming... There, there's palm oil, there's palm yeah. wine. And I don't know the last time you, you ate okro, okro stew. Yeah. People are now moving away from using the palm oil to just doing it, you know, the, the green, green way yes, where you don't have that, yeah. to add oil. It's just because palm oil is becoming very, very expensive. And all of this, we need background information to know why the price level... And in fact, if you have uh, the, the price of palm oil rising that much, there may be an impact on, say, the refined oil mm, as well. Exactly, exactly, because it's, we use the same palm kennel to yeah, also do, to the, do the oil. And, and other things. So it, it could be so many things accounting for uh, for the high, you know. Forty-two point two percent. What's the outlook um, for the coming months? Well, forty-two point two percent is a slight increase if it, relative to um, the inflation in April. I am not too surprised because we've been looking at the data and we've seen that for the past four months, although we have for the past five or four months, um, the headline figure has been coming down. But if you look at the data on month-on-month basis, mm-hmm. month-on-month inflation has been increasing. 
it has moved from a negative zone now okay. rising yeah. into positive zone so you usually have this, okay. this reflecting in there and then also if you have your ppi which is the producer price index mm. increasing slightly tends to have an impact on the, the consumer price index uh, if dog meat is up palm oil is up why then are people buying it? Because preparing it might, might be a challenge. But uh, let's bring in uh, Albert, sorry, who's uh, in an area where uh, that delicacy, of course, has a lot of patronage. Uh, Albert, you've been listening to the data released by the Statistical Service. Uh, what are you able to say about, and this is a community, we must be fair, that culturally accepts, um, of course, dog as a delicacy in terms of uh, the food that you prepare uh, there. Has it gone up, practically speaking? Okay, so um, let me let me just say that it, it, it's not used to prepare food per se. What normally happens oh. is that it is made just like um, kebab is done. So people just eat it and they mm. eat it. But um, I, I think that what may be causing the surge in the price could be scarcity because... Um, let's not forget that this is um, a delicacy that is not really the majority of the people consume. The people who consume are a very small group of people. So um, what happens is that normally um, you have a situation where to get it already from the beginning is not mm-hmm. very common. Yeah. So um, with everything that is happening now um, in terms of increasing prices of things generally, um, that would also have an impact. So um, if you go to the joints, definitely the price will go up because now um, you have a situation where very few people are selling it and even to get the dogs to uh, prepare it for people to buy, um, it's not very easy. So that also will translate to the price because then scarcity would come in. So um, that's what I can say about about increasing. Mm. Okay. In, in the last year, um, in uh, Sandema, there was a, a news story from that area which indicated that price or dog meat had already mm. started going up. So it is not so surprising. Uh, okay, so so just, just give us this picture. How much... On the average, will it cost an individual to get dog meat or the dog itself on the market? Okay, so what happens is that, um, you know, dogs are generally pets for many people. So people don't just go sell their dogs with the aim that whoever purchases the dog will kill it. Normally, they sell the dog because either it is uh, causing trouble, maybe it is... um, too wild, mm-hmm. it may also be that the, the dog is not really friendly and, and all of that. So people may decide to take their dogs to the markets and just sell it just for the aim of, uh, um, I mean, for the purpose of getting rid of it. Right. You understand? So then the people who are selling the meat will go with the hope that they'll find such people and purchase the dog from them. So the price of the dog will depend on the owner, maybe the, their reason for wanting to sell yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. then that will translate into 
Okay, but, so, but I'm sure there's an average mm-hmm. price uh, where they all converge and sell. <laughs> yeah, so for, uh, normally you would hear prices like 500, 700, sometimes even oh, 1,000 on the size of. Mm. Now, because, that's, as I said, it is not very common, It is it, for, even for the people who sell the meat, it is not every day they are able to do it because, as I explained, um, this is a, uh, a delicacy that is not very common uh, to begin with. So, when, once he's able to get the dog and brings the meat out to sell, um, he is expected to, to to sell it at a high price because he's not assured of the next time he's able to get a dog to kill. So then um, people purchase uh, sometimes for 50 cities for a chunk, which will be cut in pieces. Um, if you're lucky, you will get it for 40 cities downs. But I would say that um, normally... To, to get um, a good price, it will be 20 cities up uh, for an individual. If you are a group, 50, 100, and then it, it goes. Okay. Um, given the fact that the price is up, have you been interacting with some residents, persons who like this? Yes. So at the moment, uh, there is a ban on the sale of uh, uh, a lot of meat products because of the outbreak of contracts. Which so because of that, um, people are not, you know, purchasing uh, meat. And so uh, for that reason, we haven't been able to get people to interact with today, obviously, because of the ban. Mm, mm, I see. Uh, but maybe at a better time, we should all try this. Maybe I could move up there uh, and we'll have this um, for maybe dinner. But not for now. At least we know of the anthrax in the system. So uh, thank you. Uh, for giving us uh, the latest on that. Uh, but let's um, still stay up north. Uh, let's head to, of course, the northeast region where the woman who was stripped and abused in the Fulani community in the northeast region has revealed that five other girls were taken through the same ordeal by the suspects who have since uh, been arrested. The victim who was uh, found Tuesday dawn was seen in a viral video being uh, stripped naked by some men uh, who also touched her private parts. We have more for you. I released that on this one indicating uh, what the situation is and it's by the Ministry of Gender, uh, Children and Social Protection indicating that the uh, Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection's attention has been drawn to the disturbing video circulating on social media in which a young lady who has been identified as a Fulani is said to have been molested and manhandled. Uh, the video, which lasts for two minutes and 19 seconds, shows a group of people beating and assaulting uh, a naked woman. Violence against women and girls is not justified and must, be, must not be tolerated. Uh, no matter where, how, and who committed the offense. The adverse consequences of this violence on women and girls in relation to their health, um, sort of psychological and uh, emotional well-being, actually compromise and undermine their development as well. Uh, and, And this must be discouraged, according to the ministry. The ministry goes on to say that it strongly condemns this uh, cruel, brutal, and barbaric uh, behavior 
meted out to the young lady. This act is a blatant breach of her human rights and dignity and thus punishable by law. We applaud the Ghana Police Service for putting uh, out a call uh, for a manhunt for the culprits in the case. As a result of this, the ministry is also issuing uh, an appeal to the general public to provide some sort of information uh, or general ones, of course, with any uh, lead that may enable capture the offenders. Finally, we advise the public to maintain their vigilance and report individuals who committed these unlawful acts. The public can reach the ministry's uh, helpline as well. And, uh, of course, if you have any information as, uh, as well, you can just uh, reach out to the ministry uh, on that. And Burayo election headquarters, a flag bearer aspirant of the new patriotic party, Alan Kujutramating, has called on government to review the current exchange rate regime and the country's ports to boost the productivity of the private sector and also to help reduce inflation. According to the former trade and industry minister, the current regime is uh, a disincentive to the growth uh, of the private sector and it is important on government, uh, to, for government to take a critical look at this. Um, Mr. Chomateng was speaking on how uh, he is going to enforce that great transformational plan uh, which will tackle inflation during a meeting with players of Ghana's private sector. If for one reason or the other your currency is and you know that you have a highly import-dependent economy. In my very humble opinion, it doesn't make sense for you to apply the same exchange rate at which imports and the duty on imports are calculated. That means that just as soon as you find that the exchange rate is going down or high, uh, those who import, and which includes not only traders but also manufacturers, it means that they also have to bear the brunt of the depreciating exchange rate. But if for purposes of imports you can fix a lower exchange rate, then in actual fact you are making imports cheaper, not necessarily to destabilize trading. But the traders will tell you that of course if imports are cheaper they are more inclined uh, to pay their duty and also more inclined to pass it on to the general public government number four government will intervene to target directly key supply cost drivers of inflation especially food prices those of you who know how we calculate inflation in this country is a basket of goods particularly dominated by food, which really is the key determinant factor for inflation. And that is why government has to intervene to tag, directly target some of these supply cost drivers, particularly in respect of food prices. Government will take measures to boost food production and improve the supply chain from production to transportation to storage to preservation and to marketing. 
Because all these processes add costs to food prices. And that is what fuels inflation. And when government does this, it will reduce the weight and contribution of food prices on inflation. Number five, government will create a parallel system of food storage and distribution to mitigate the effects of seasonal food shortages and excessive profiteering by food sellers. Taking now to the Volta region, where urbanification will soon be a thing of the past as residents of the B. Godeno and its adjoining communities can now have access to newly built places of convenience as a way of eradicating urbanification in the communities of the Hokwe municipality. Ivy Sertoji reports. According to the residents, they understand the complications about urbanification and that it does not only affect the physical health of the people, but also impacts their dignity and quality of life. And so I excited that they can finally have their own places of convenience, especially for those who may not be able to have them in their homes. The residents hope that more communities are able to benefit from the benevolence of the MP and the Assembly to have an eradication of openification in the communities, especially the deprived ones. Some of them have been speaking with Joy News. I've been living in this community for over 30 years, and we have been having this latrine problem. At first, we are having some pit latrine over here, which has been an eyesore, both to, to the residents and the children around here. Sometimes when your little child is going to the toilet, you will be afraid that he or she might fall inside the pit. So, seeing this plight, we mobilize ourselves with the community leaders and opinion leaders, and we've been to the MP. So, when we told him about our plight, before you know it, they've started building this edifice. Other people even thought this is a house. But when they open it for you, you'll be surprised. World class standard that I will not lie to you. We have not seen such things in Huawei before. And we are very grateful to Honorable John Peter Mo for making this happen to us. Although we are grateful, we still need more of these edifices in our town because. Open defecation is very rampant in our area here because we don't have toilet facilities around here. So by building this, I know it's going to help stop open defecation in our area. So we need more of this so that the open defecation can stop. We are very grateful. I can say this toilet is European standard. I will not lie to you. It's a very good edifice and everybody likes it. The only problem we are having is how they will come and then make it accessible to the community so that we all we have see the advantage that we have with it so that we can use it. That is the problem that we want uh, the minister to get solved for us. And we are very grateful for him. But it comes with uh, challenges. Because I remember the last time the municipal people were here, like the first people that are not having to do something like that. And uh, what it brought was, see, some households are nearer to each other. And the position they will show somebody to do his own is nearer to somebody else's kitchen or somebody else, some something that wouldn't want the toilet to. Uh -huh. So it brought challenges. Okay. Yeah. So what would you suggest? Right now, I don't 
I don't know. Maybe we should just focus on this one for now. You come and complete it for us. Mm. That's the only thing that can help us. Yeah. AMCE for Hokwe Daniel Nobe Awume noted that it was necessary to have toilet facilities in the various communities in need of them to help them stay open defecation free communities as well as free from diseases. He has also been speaking on sanitation issues and his plans on sanitation in the Hokwe municipality. Uh, sanitation policy and program for the municipality. Uh, I, I, I dub it um, uh, clean your operation, clean your frontage and your back, uh, backyard. Uh, because when you when you just focus on your frontage, what will be happening at your backyard will be something terrible. Uh, and this, I'm hoping to bring all the stakeholders on board uh, to fashion a robust uh, uh, structures to make sure that for sanitation, uh, maybe not too distant from now, Kokwe will be Christine as a cleanest uh, city within the municipal uh, within the the region. Uh -huh. So what we seek to do in that, we seek to I seek to imbibe in that issues of discipline or issues of uh, indiscipline that uh, characterize the, the the atmosphere as far as the young people are concerned. Or you have literally young people of a little age of 13, 14, 12, you know, littering themselves on the streets, um, finding uh, their um, routes back home very difficult. So we try to see how uh, I've been able to take a, a tour within the municipality. I, I would call it... Um, uh, what you call community engagement, where there's a crown call on me to be able to fashion that. If you own a house, you have a responsibility. If you own a home, you have a responsibility. Now you can. So when you look around my my my. My, my, where, I, where we are now, you see that every place is tidy. It is to showcase an exemplary life or exemplary leadership that you can, everybody can do whatever they want to do once you commit your mind to it. And so for sanitation is key because it actually helps government to reduce you know, health burdens where people visit the hospital and there's pressure on the scheme of uh, that's the health insurance. But when we have a healthy body and healthy life, uh, once people don't visit hospital, and government will be able to conserve some money for all that developmental project. So sanitation is key because it also helps to leverage my vision or my drive for tourism. Because I mean, sad, sad to say that if you visit a, a beach, you are there to more or less freshen up. And you get there, what you take away, it is like you are poisoning your own self. And so once you know we are able to keep track with this sanitation policy that I'm coming to launch, not to decide from now, I think that will largely will address the issues of uh, sanitation. Ivy Satoji, Joy News, Hohe. We take you now to the OT region for climate focus where region uh, farming continues to thrive despite the unpredictable weather patterns uh, and also replenishing uh, rather than diminishing the resources needed for farming. This method uh, restores organic matter in the soil, boosting its carbon 
uh, saturation rate and also protecting biodiversity on today's edition of Climate Focus. Joining us is uh, Mahmoud Nuruddin, visited a regenerative farm and reports that a substantial amount of the acreage used for the farming practices has been restored. Clement Matumasin has just arrived at one of the plantations. Clement, who pioneered the regenerative agricultural method in Zangomachiri, believes it helps smallholder farmers to increase yield while protecting the environment. The space is called Dream Village, and Dream Village is just basically the hub to empower young people and also the community to become more resilient in terms of food production, entrepreneurship training, and also just basically enhancing the quality of life in the rural uh, settings. Um, this is one of our hubs, which is in Zongo Macheri. We are currently developing the next hub in Dambai. Um, yeah, so basically that's Dream Village. It's a place where people find their dreams. It was a dream in 2007 that became a reality 10 years later and Clement has now produced a variety of crops and plants on his 100 acres of farmland to supply food while also regreening the earth. Um, dream Village was basically born from me. Um, I had once upon a time grew up on the street other people helped me to become who i am and i realized that i also had to find a way to give back to society um, and i wanted to do that through community through storytelling and through my sharing and interaction with several people um, in 2007 i created a moral art a visual interpretation of what i think an ideal village will look like and through that, we started in, yeah, about 10 years after that, we started implementing the, how the ideal village will look like. And this is the inception. The structures here are eco-friendly. The entire concept of this place is to create systems that helps us to live together with nature. And as you can see, even our architecture is using mud housing, using eco-habitat. Um, we try as much as possible to avoid cutting trees, planting more trees, encouraging us to live together with nature. So um, this, this really um, is, is, is a hub that shows that we can actually live with nature without destroying everything that comes our way. The regenerative farming project has evolved into a hub for research and training of students to become better knowledge providers. Some of our students graduated, they got jobs, uh, they are, they are, or created jobs. In fact, the, in the next town, some of our students is also training other people to achieve their dreams. So they are quite some success stories. Um, besides that, we have the agro agroforestry demonstration farm that is still in existence where people can learn about agroforestry or syntropic agriculture. Um, yeah, and quite a lot of young pe people came here to find inspiration, did their research. So there are quite some success stories. I mean, it's not all dark and gloom. <laughs> but um, Clement is inspired by his previous failures and learnings. He has bigger dreams. From here, we are inspired 
through the learnings and the mistakes and everything that we had here is um, what we to establish something like this is first and foremost you have to have a dream of what you want second, and secondly you have to have the consistency and the passion to develop it because uh, once upon a time I had my own job as an IT expert in Tamale um, I didn't need to come into the village struggle to drive out mosquitoes and building structures and stuff like that but I realized that we need to create an inspirational hub to inspire young people, especially Afri young Africans like me. Given the variety of challenges confronting food growers in recent years, farmers want farming methods on which they can rely to produce high yields during difficult periods such as the influence of shifting weather patterns. Clemens project demonstrates that regenerative agriculture can help farmers solve a variety of problems. He says the numbers are encouraging as do the testimonies of other farmers who benefited from the program such as the Moringa Modest Cooperative. Mariana Makwami, one of the project beneficiaries, says she is able to prepare diverse meals and meet other basic needs. Uh, Get gifts to make every dad's day at JCPenney. Now during our Father's Day sales, shop for pop and save an extra 20% off with coupon. Or hit up our weekend doorbusters and grab dad St. John's Bay polos, only $8.99 each. Plus cool games and gadgets starting at $5.99. Let's get dad's day ready. JCPenney. Coupon valid on select items through 618. Exclusions apply. Doorbusters valid 615 through 618 and excluded from coupons. See store or jcp.com for details. Progressive presents Precious Moments. Hey Jess, want to come for a ride on my motorcycle? You know, we can talk about our feelings and explore our emotional compatibility. I thought you'd never ask. The exchange you just heard didn't actually happen, but it could. Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive and you could use the savings to make sure the motorcycle is always ready for your dream girl. So keep the dream alive and the savings coming with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Bananas. Beans. And maize. Among other crops. Whose names I don't know in English. We cannot make a variety of meals. The intervention excites Equia Nimkabu. The intervention is beneficial to us. And restoring the once degraded area to eat natural state makes Abu Mansa happier. The area had been degraded in the past, but it has now been restored and can be used for planting. Clement is inspired by the power of learning from nature to establish a new site. For
for regenerative college in Dambai. Yeah, and from here we are inspired through the learnings and the mistakes and everything that we had here is what we are using to develop the regenerative college. So it's an experience that we continue to develop. For him, giving back to the society in the form of environmental protection has become his primary interest. A report by Mohamed Nuruddin. Let's take you to Europe uh, because air forces from 25 countries with hundreds of aircrafts are participating in the Air Defender 23 exercise in Germany. It is the largest air force drill in the history of uh, military alliance of NATO. To get more on this, uh, we're joined now by Brand, a correspondent with our partners, uh, Dr. Vela, joining us uh, from Germany, uh, specifically Berlin. Hans, uh, why are these exercises happening now? They don't directly have anything to do with the Russian invasion. Uh, these exercises were planned years ago, and it, in, in some sense it's a coincidence that they are happening now. But they were planned after the invasion of uh, the Crimean Peninsula by Russia. That was a response to, as it were, the first step in the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. So, of course, uh, in essence, they are connected to what's going on in the east of Europe to the Russian aggression, and Russia has, in fact, uh, responded uh, uh, by saying that it uh, regards these exercises uh, as a provocation and uh, um, a, a military uh, show of force that uh, it regards as unnecessary uh, at the moment. But obviously, while the exercises uh, talk about a fictitious uh, uh, enemy in the east uh, that is uh, planning an invasion of parts of Germany. Um, of course, uh, everyone knows uh, in the end this is focused towards Russia. Nice. Um, with tens of thousands of soldiers from dozens of NATO countries and uh, hundreds of aircrafts in Germany, they're, they're based in Germany and many are asking why. Well, there are several reasons for this. One reason, obviously, is Germans, uh, Germany's strategic position in Europe, in the center of Europe. There are already tens of thousands of U.S. soldiers based in Germany that have been here for many decades since the Second World War. Um, so it's the central position of Germany that's important. At the same time, Germany wants to demonstrate that it is a reliable partner in uh, in NATO and in uh, attempts uh, or, or, or plans to defend NATO territory. Uh, there have been some doubts about uh, Germany's commitment to NATO in the past and uh, it is now trying to demonstrate that that commitment can be relied on. Uh, and at the same time, it's in some sense a signal to the German population, uh, which has been very reticent about supporting its own army and about supporting the defense um, initiatives that have been taken in recent months uh, since the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia, uh, a signal to the German population that, um, you know, uh, quite a lot of efforts have to be made and Germany wants to be involved in that. I see. We'll leave it here for now. Hans Brandt uh, with our partners, DW, wrapping up the polls here on the Joy News channel. For more news, log on to myjoyonline.com. I'm blessed to our next. Let's talk showbiz. Thanks for your time. we have more for you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
HD, the new exciting football channel is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kuvitre in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and DFB Cup, Premier Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, see Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. Agronaede HD Plus, the Feely Feely Experience. Welcome to Let's Talk Showbiz here on the Joy News Channel. My name is Doreen Avio. And guess what? Today is quite packed with a lot of interesting things happening in your world of showbiz. I mean, Stone Boy is in the news because um, he went to the Western region. We also have an upcoming series that is set to be premiered on Adum TV. Then we have 